Hi, Jim Peterson, Chairman and CEO of Valor Metals Corp. We trade on the Venture Exchange under the ticker VO, market cap around 70 million Canadian, and we are an explorer. We have a project in Brazil, a palladium platinum project called Pedro Branca, and a uranium project in northern Canada called Anglac. We are a proud member of Discovery Group. You are indeed. Jim, good to see you. Haven't seen you since the end of August. Uh, we had a really short, quite pithy uh, interview. You made a bunch of promises. Just calling up to see if you kept any of them. You feeling confident? I'm always feeling confident. Sometimes overconfidence overcompensates. But right. yes, I feel pretty right. good today. Okay, let's do this. Let's do this. Okay. Um, Pedro, because not much is happening for the rest of the year, right? So you said you were going to do stuff and it's all going to be fully loaded towards the end of the year. So Pedro Branca, should we start off with uh, Trapia? What did you tell me? What's happened? Yes, I told you we have new uh, results coming out and that, that um, by September 6th, we did it September 2nd. We have a wonderful news release that talks about Trapia, big, broad intervals of mineralization, um, some really high-grade sections within those intervals. So I, th I think that's very successful. And Trapia will be part of um, a revised resource estimate when, when that comes out in Q1 of 2022. So that, that's actually a big portion. We spend a lot of our time and effort there. And that was quite successful. So I think, you know, in terms of my statements on whether we'd get news release out by the first week of, uh, or actually 6th of September, we, we, nailed, we nailed her. Well, you, 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 you nailed the um, press release, but in terms of the market reaction to what you said, what did you make of it? What did I make of market reaction? Yeah. Very neat. Um, you know, I think generally what the market reacts to in um, in our releases, and so we're doing it more and more, is just you know drill highlights in the in the subject line because most people don't read to the bottom of the news release. But um, in in the case of Trapia, in the case of Santomaro, in the case of Esbaro, um, we've had some significant releases in terms of intervals, and actually I, I did see some driving of value, some liquidity. And I think over time, um, what we're trying to do is, is show to the market that the resource can grow, that the number that we currently have is quite conservative. We've drilled for two years, 2020 and 2021, and our inferred resource in, in the first quarter of 2022 should um, give us a nice bump. Okay, so, well, let, let's let's go through let's go through the four promises you make me. Okay, and and then and then I want to move on, on on something else, which which may kind of wrap this thing up. Okay, uh, Asparo and uh, Kuryu, um you well again, what, what did you promise, and what have you done? Well, we promised that we we're basically drilling fairly two well defined bodies there. Um, Asparo, Asparo and Kuryu are near surface, flat lying well-mineralized shallow bodies. And um, so they were fairly well drilled off by previous operators. So we were really going in there to do some definition drilling and then doing some metallurgical drilling as well. But we got a pretty good surprise. Um, for example, um, what do we do here? 77 meters of almost three grams from surface, which in any kind of deposit, I mean, if you don't understand what that means in palladium and platinum, that, you know, it isn't surprising and they're more of a niche uh, metal, but palladium and platinum in the ratios that we have it on this project, it's almost like a gold deposit. So if you had a gold deposit, an oxide gold deposit with 77 meters of almost three grams from surface, you'd be impressed. And so those are some pretty surprising numbers. And that was from Asparo. 
that included um, six and a half meters of over half ounce. So there's some nice high grade in there as well. Right. Okay. And I'm going to come back to this. I just want to, I want to whiz through these. Okay. So again, I think the other third thing you talked to me about was, um, exploration, right? Uh, results in, on, on multiple, um, uh, assets. So again, did you, were you able to do much exploration? How much money was spent? What did you find? Uh, well, the whole program down there, um, is, you know, less than 3 million bucks that was, was spent. Um, in terms of discovery though, I think, I was I was bragging about some of these targets like C4, Santamaro South, and um, Trapia South. Talk about Trapia Trapia South, South as well. Masape. Yeah. Uh, Masape. And so the results are still pending from Masape. So, uh, and actually it was quite encouraging. I think we drilled over 10 holes there. So what we're hoping, and we don't know for sure, is that we'll move from a project area that wasn't even on the radar to something that we're going to try to push to move into our inferred resource. So that's how, much, how many holes that we've drilled in it uh, based on the work. So the results are still pending and um, they will come out hopefully in December of this year. So they're delayed. And, and same, same with Santa Amaro, again, delayed. Uh, Santa Amaro uh, South is, is um, a, a, about a couple kilometers south of Santa Amaro, which is part of our inferred resource. And it was a new area that we did a lot of trado drilling and trenching. Um, some RC drilling and some um, some uh, a core drilling as well. So um, you know we we still um, need more drilling on Santa Maro South. Right, but and but and Santa Maro as well. You've been drilling there. Yes, yeah. We had a really we actually released something recently, probably within the last week or so. So that was the twenty fourth of November. One hundred and twenty seven meters of just under a gram. Fifty three meters. Um, from about two meters, we had um, some some high grade material, very close in a new in a new in a new area. We stepped out in Santa Mara from the existing resource. We stepped out and we hit 127 meters of 0.85 grams, which is which is all, which is all good, right? Okay. So, so sorry for not digging into this one here because I want to get I want to get the bit the question I really want to ask you, which is. Do you, and you, you gave us a clue there in one of the responses, like not many people understand PGEs, right? They don't really understand enough to actually value it properly, according to you. Um, so I can't work out whether the markets reacted to those results or are they just getting a little bit excited about Anglac and all of this, these, the uranium project that you've got up there and all of the big fervor and froth that's out there in the marketplace with Sprott and their, their, their physical uranium trust and, and, and other things going on, or are they giving you some credit for the, P, the PGE stuff? Because you move sideways for most of the year on the PGE stories that you're putting out. You're not spending a lot of money, putting out some good results. No one understands it. No one cares. And then this uranium thing comes along and you take off. You've you know practically doubled in price since we last spoke. How do you, how do you, I mean, what do you do? Does that change your strategy as a company? Do you start saying, well, I'll tell you what, let's spend a lot less time on PGEs because probably no, no one really cares about that at the moment. Let's focus on on the uranium component. You've got to raise 11 million bucks. So, I mean, that's got to be a clue, hasn't it? Yeah, there's definitely a lot more retail interest right now and institutional interest in the uranium stories. We've got one of the best uranium projects on the globe. And we've, we've really had that out in care and maintenance since about 2013, really, but 2015, you know, completely. And, um, and it, w it actually helped us raise the $11 million you're referring to. We had an oversubscribed financing. 
Um, so I think there's a couple of things. One of the things that, you know, I'm an expert at is understanding um, seasonality because for many years in, in Northern Canada, um, you, you have a limited season, particularly in the territory of Nunavut or in Northwest Territories or the Yukon Territory, you're really affected by winter. So to have drill results that are consistent and year round is very important for investors and to be adding value cost effectively uh, is necessary, I think, to maintain interest throughout the year. So, you know, I think that we've been chipping away in terms of the value at Pedro Branca, but the big impact over the last six months was Sprott Physical Uranium Trust buying uranium in the open market and driving the price and the uranium equities followed. Yeah. So, so how does that make you feel? So, you know, did you, have you, do you feel that you, it, that's just a question of timing and factors out of your control and you just go along for the, for the ride and the strategy that you had, were working on in terms of the PGEs, it just, it kind of, you must well have done nothing for the rest of the year. I mean, are you trying to hurt my feelings? A little bit. This? Okay. Well, it does. I don't have feelings. I'm a junior mining executive. Oh yeah. I'm a sociopath. <laughs> no, you know, Matt, um, if you go back to one of our first interviews, some of the people were asking questions, why aren't you working on your uranium project? And I think you probably asked me that. I, I have yeah. to go back. But Tiny. the reality is that at the time, it was at 30 bucks spot. And I think my comment was, we already have the asset. We don't have to chase the asset. We don't have to spend money on the asset and dilute our shareholders down until the timing's right. And the timing's right. So how does it make me feel? I feel relieved that people care. I feel relieved that we're able to raise money at a big premium. I feel relieved that we'll be able to make plans next year on, on Angelac and people want to hear the story and we'll be able to execute a program that hopefully will deliver results that the market will appreciate. And the other, and the Pedro Branca project, for sure, the team has been knocking it out of the park. And by the end of 2022, I think we'll actually deliver something that's very valuable. But we've been working our way down there. And and the, the main thing that I understand and I told everybody, and as a shareholder, I completely agree with, is that the two assets don't necessarily belong in the same company. And, you know, perhaps we can do something to hive those apart. And the most effective way to do it isn't necessarily clear right now. Like, do we spin the uranium assets out into a new company or do we spin the palladium assets out into a new company? We'll determine that in very due course. But it makes sense not to have them because it's a bit of a two-headed um yeah, re re really confusing. We've seen lots of instances where that just has not worked. Uh, but let's let, let, let's kind of deal with uh, Anglac, and then maybe come back to how, how do you deal with with the corporate structure and the difference and different shareholders that may be attracted to one, not what not necessarily both. So, eleven million bucks. What, what type of money was that? Uh, that was those were flow through dollars. So, for those people that don't invest in Canadian equities often. What that means is that the investors that came into that financing were taking advantage of a tax policy by the government of Canada, which gives them a bit of a tax break for their investment. But then the dollar is very prescriptive in terms of where the dollars can be spent and how they're spent. And so in this case, it has to be spent on mineral exploration in the territory of Nunavut. That's, that's those $11 million. So those $11 million can't be spent in Brazil can't be spent on fancy dinners. It has to be spent on, on specific exploration activities. Right, and there's which a, we're, which there's a charity flow through as well. That, that's what's called, right? Uh, yeah, but it, it doesn't really matter. It's just still the same thing. It's just a different, slightly different premium on that. 
Um, you can get a slightly different, uh, better pricing, uh, but it doesn't change what the dollars have to be spent on. Got it. Okay. So very, very prescriptive. So that 11 million bucks is going in the ground at uh, Angelac. Uh, do you know? You, look, you, there's no way that you thought this would happen within this time frame or any time soon, right? And you, you had no real plans to kind of fund fund that. So, one, were you approached by uh, investors to, to do this, or had you reached out just that you thought now was the timing? The timing is right, and if so, have you had enough time to actually work out what you're going to do with 11 million bucks? Because you went out for seven originally. Yeah. Um, well, to answer your first part of your question, we were approached. We've been approached since we were in the 20s, trading in the 20s. And I always said that we weren't ready yet. Not that we weren't ready to take on new money. Um, it was just that that price for, for the amounts that are necessary to work at Angelac, we weren't ready. And then at some point, I just said, you know, it's too risky for me to keep saying no, considering we've doubled in market cap, doubled in price. And these guys are so interested and so keen to support us financially. Why would I keep saying no? And so, you know, we decided as a board that we would take it on, but it it definitely changes the trajectory of the company because now, um, you know, as you said, we have to plan the program, but it's not something that we haven't done before. Actually, our group is pretty recognized for Northern Exploration and this company specifically has um, spent a lot of time and energy at the project. And we spent over 55 million up there historically, uh, this company. So, you know, we can handle it. We just need to, uh, you know, the, and I think I, we were talking about this before that the sweet spot for Anglac typically is probably 10 to $15 million in terms of an expiration program. You raise too much and you just start to kind of drag the program on into the shoulder seasons where flight times are delayed and the logistics starts dragging down the cost quite a bit. Um, there's a real sweet spot in, in the north <coughs> to get stuff in, which is in the spring. You want to work in the summer when the days are actually 24 hours. It's almost sunlight. Um, you can really highball it. And then you want to get out before the fog start rolling in. The pilots don't want to fly for one reason or another you know, it starts getting dark. Um, so, you know, the sweet spot is what we've raised. Okay, so you raised the sweet spot, but you, you and you'll, I'm trying to work out if, if there is a, a plan in place because you've got what, whatever it is, you've, you've got a resource in place, 43, just over 43 million pounds, right? Uh, grades of, I don't know, 0.7, something, something, something there, thereabouts from, from memory. You, are you looking to expand that? Are you looking to do well, what? Are you, what are you looking to try and do with the money? Do you know yet? Yeah, I mean, generally, uh, we don't have every meter nailed down yet because we have to get all the permits in place and the contractors in place and actually deliver everything. So, you know, there'll be some dynamism there. Um, as far as the actual um, plan, it's the same strategy we have in, in Brazil. There's certain areas we want to focus on expanding the resource space. In, in um, Brazil, we're looking at adding ounces in certain inferred resource zones. Up here, it's adding pounds in the ground at one of the five zones or more than one of the five zones that make up the uh, 43 million pounds, that LAC50 resource that we call it. So we've got a couple of examples in the news release that we put out today. So resource expansion, It's there's one that's like screaming obvious called J4 West and um, it's just you know stepping west from the existing J4 resource and pounding some holes in a conductor that um, we believe runs um, based on drilling previous drilling 
And um, so that will be a resource expansion component. So some of our dollars will be spent there. And um, then there's other areas where, you know, there's actually there are over seven areas right in the lack 50 trend alone, where we've, we've rolled the core rig along structures and drilled and hit uranium in core. It looks exactly like the areas that host the resource. We just don't have the density yet to put into the inferred resource category. So those areas we'll be testing again, you know, we'll be kind of trying to fine tune those zones that we think um, we know the appropriate amount of drilling to move it into the resource category. So that would be called the target advancement. And then, um, and then there's some just greenfields discovery type work we need to do. There's one area and we have the inner news release today. It's called rib multi-kilometer soil, um, uranium and soil anomaly just inside the basin. And um, it's had previous drilling uranium mineralization by another group way back in the seventies called Naranda. And the, the, their description of the rock is exactly like the description, no, slightly different, but you know, in the end it's, it's, it's exactly the same as the mineralization that we're seeing over at our resource area, almost 35 kilometers away. So that's something that we want to go test. That's called RIB. Um, you know, I think a big, a big chunk of the dollar spent is, is, is logistics, fuel, and core drilling. See, see, that's okay. That's that's interesting to me because you, there's a, there's a, there's a point at which um, if you didn't have enough money, you wouldn't actually be able to do anything meaningful because most of it is, is setting up for drilling, setting up for su success, and there's there's a base cost as a kind of chunk chunk of change required for that but the, where, where sorry the question i want to get to because you, you something you said earlier the pay this is more money than you've raised in this company before right no what, what, what's the what's the what, what's the largest amount you raised previously in a year yeah 22 million right okay so 22 million wasn't giving you a big return in 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 with with your south american play right it wasn't. No, that was twenty-two wasn't. million, and we no, no, and twenty-two million we raised in one year, and that I believe was two thousand twelve, and twenty of the twenty-two million was spent on the Angolac property and actually defining resources. Actually, at that point, it was expanding resources that got us to the forty-three million pounds. So, so, how much have you raised in total in, in this company? For for Angolac specifically, well, no, then the company, well, the company, the, the company, you're, you're with sixty million market cap today. I don't know what the enterprise value is, but how much cash has actually gone in, including this eleven? Um, I would say about sixty-five million. Okay, million. right. Plus the plus the eleven we've just raised, so seventy-six million. Right. Okay. So we've got a bit of catching up to do, and so this this is where I want to get to with the question, which is. You, the market is telling you it is way more excited about uranium right now. You've got your 11 million mm -hmm. bucks and you've got a program which you're, get, you're about to embark on for that. Um, so you're going to listen to the, the tone and the pace and the intent that, that the market's expecting from you and move it at a quicker pace than perhaps you have done with Pedro Blanca. Is, is that what I'm hearing? Well, yeah, I mean, we did listen. The, the market price moved, the liquidity increased, the calls from brokers and bankers increased dramatically. Um, the pricing was, we thought, appropriate. So, yeah, we we took some money off the table and, and raised that 11 million bucks. And, and that'll put, set us up for a great 2022. I mean, that's going to be very powerful, we believe. It'll be a really, really effective exploration program. I agree with you on the uranium front. So, so what, what's happening with with Pedro Blanca? I mean, you've got a little bit of money f for that. 
do you take advantage of you know what's happened in the share price recently to raise some money for that separately or are you kind of done now oh we're not done at all i think actually there's quite a really good work cost effective work to be done in 2022 what's that mean and cost effective what was what was it before it's always been cost effective it's a little slower there um than um in for example in in canada you know, there were times where we'd have three core rigs going 24-7, crazy types of pr- productivity. The drillers are highballing it. They're getting kind of paid per meter. Um, and it's just a very different attitude. In Brazil, it's a bit slower. But um, if you forget to buy milk, you don't have to fly it in from Winnipeg. You can just drive down the road and, and get it. Or, you know, so that that's an analogy, but that's sort of reality. And... I think this year in, in Brazil, um, first of all, that inferred resource will demonstrate that the team's been really effective at growing the inferred resource, the, the palladium platinum resources. I think we'll be able to put out a, a PEA, which will wrap some economics around it. And I think we'll at the same time, we'll be able to be continue to drill, adding value in the resources, making discoveries. And I think we'll have a relevant project in Brazil. There's far more potential buyers for a palladium project actually in Brazil with significant resources than there would be for a uranium project in Northern Canada. Why is that? Well, I think that the uranium business is quite, um, you know, there are just fewer players that can actually build, build a uranium mine, but there aren't, there aren't so many limitations on a small precious metals project. Well, it depends what your intent is with the, with the uranium, because there's, there's lots of uranium players in Canada who are priced, I mean, extremely well, um, considering how far away they are from becoming a mine too. So what, how do you intend I'm referring, to I'm referring to operators of uranium mines. No, I, I get it. But are those the obvious people who are going to take you out? And what I'm going getting at is like, do you say, tell you what, we'll be, we'll be an explorer, we'll, we'll get a resource to a certain size, and then we'll monetize it because we think the PNG projects, uh, Project Blanca, is going to be way more valuable at some point in, in time. Or are you saying, we're going to be a developer of a uranium project or multiple projects in our in our district and we'll take this through to you know shovel shovel ready and then we'll offload it i mean where 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 do you envisage yourself taking it through to i think in a really hot market you know you've got choices and you've got exit ramps that are you know different than in in a protracted bear market you know in a protracted bear market for the longest time we just said look if there's no buyers we'll just keep moving it forward and after several years, we just said, well, we're not going to keep moving it forward in this kind of pricing environment. So we put it on care and maintenance. At this point right now, there's a market again. And we're advancing things as, you know, the $11 million program is a start. We'll be moving it forward. We think it's a district which would, would warrant the entry of a major uranium miner or a multi-commodity mining company. That's what we think we have. And so we'll continue moving it forward. If the market is frothy for several years, you're going to get new players that kind of Dawn the uranium mining hat, but it is a very specialized skill. You know, you're not going to get a newbie getting permitted by the government of Canada or the regulatory bodies in Canada. They're not going to do it. There's too many concerns around uranium mines anywhere in the world. You're not going to get somebody who's like, you know, some clown mining company that doesn't know what they're doing will not put a uranium mine into production in a normal Western nation. But those those clown uranium companies aren't 
intending to get into production. They're just playing the market, right? And there's going to be lots of new entrants coming in like that, clown ones, where in fact there are, if you, if, you know, there's a handful of uh, companies that perhaps need to prove that they're not in existence today. Um, so there's, there's always a game to be played, but I'm, I'm, from an investor's point of view, you know, I, I'm a strong believer in fundamentals and I want to back a company that has got strong fundamentals in terms of the asset and the management team's ability to move it forward. I'm just interested in your management team's intent with this specific asset. I buy the generic, hey, we got options in a, in a um, bull market. I believe that, but what, what do you want to do? You're, you know, you, you've got a big group there. You know, your group is, you know, capable of, of doing whatever the heck it wants to do. You can raise money reasonably easily. Um, but you've got to tell me what you want to do. What are you more excited by Petra Blanca or is Angelac? What, what's working for you? I think that that question is not needed to be like, it's like, what's your favorite kid kind of question. I don't, I don't need to answer it. what's my favorite what do I like better? I think that they don't belong in the same company. And I think we're going to move. I'm going to either. But at what point, what, what, what point do you, do you flip it out? Because as, as soon as it makes sense reasonably and logically to get it out from a practical perspective, I mean, you need to have in both cases, you need to have an incentivized board and management team, an investor group that backs it and, you know, a plan to take it forward. So we're working on that. Now the interest level in uranium is not, I mean, it's moved fast. I actually think it's going to get even more crazy. Um, you know, I won't even use the words to describe it. It's going higher, a lot higher. I agree. And and when it goes a lot higher, you know, we're going to have a better valuation. We're going to be able to raise more money. And I think a lot, and we'll have a lot more interest from really talented people because in 2016, 17, you would have been hard pressed to hire a dynamic VPX, let's say, and say, you're going to work at this uranium project. Are you excited about that? They'd probably say, oh my God, why would I do that? No. I mean, there's, there'd be no, there was no interest. The market with that was apathetic, but right now that's very different. So you know what? There's lots of groups that want to get involved in the space. And, in the, and what I've said before is for us, our reputation and none of it is critical. And so we're not just going to get some guys that think they can take advantage of a hot market to come take the project over and, you know, Beautiful. sell out to them. I get it. I get it. Okay. You, you want to do things the right way up, especially in Inuvert. Uh, absolutely yeah. right. There's only certain groups or management teams that are going to be able to advance that at the point you decide to offload it. You're not going to give me much more away than that. But the question I'm going to stick with until you give me an answer, which is the with, with regards to Pedro Blanca, you've been spending money modestly, okay, and moving things along slowly. Well, one, why at that pace? We're, we're, not only are it seem seemingly that sh uh, investors are not interested in, but the funders were not invested in giving you the money that you needed. Or did you were you spending money at the rate that you felt was appropriate? Yeah, I mean, we're hard pressed to spend it faster. I mean, we we right? But well, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I mean, it, why, I don't think we need to raise money that we can't spend. Um, I think that the pace in terms of how the team was making discoveries and advancing their knowledge of the project was actually quite rapid. And, you know, the drilling was a bit slower. That's it. And as far as the, um, you know, we raised almost 20 million bucks this year. So it's not just 11 for, um, for Anglac. It was almost nine for Pedro Branca. And there's more to come. And I think next year will be a great year because um, initially 
our push in in the first quarter will be get an inferred resource out, which I think will show, hey, in the last couple of years, we've done really good work and we've added a lot of value. And here's the targets that will grow us even further. You know, wrap some economics around it to deliver a lot more um, exploration success and finish out 22 with a much, like just demonstrate a lot of growth and um, near surface, broad sections of mineralization, high grade, and a project that people say, well, that, that's actually a palladium district in a great area of the world. There's value. And finally, go after all that nickel. Yeah, we can't stop talking about it. <laughs> go on. It's Keep a palladium going. platinum project. It's a palladium <laughs> platinum project, guys. Yeah. Do, do you want that in the headlines? <laughs> <laughs> Why do people keep asking you about nickel? Because Still. there's there's because there 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 are examples of sulfides there. There are there are some nickel and, and other base metals that are present, but they're in lower grade and they're deep. So I mean, I don't know how excited you want to get over that when you get near surface high grade precious metals. Why would we be focusing on low grade base metals at depth? What, what sort of grade is the nickel? Sorry, just remind me. Um, well less than a, a, a percent. Well, well less than percent, like well less than 0.3? Yeah. 0.1? Yeah, like there's no, there's nothing of any kind of grade or significance there. I mean, there's certain very, very narrow sections of, of higher grade nickel, but they're not, they're not anything. I mean, evidently we have a very strong geological team, including people that have worked on nickel projects globally as well as PG projects, none of our team is excited about nickel on this project, none of our team. And our team is strong. Yeah, we know, we know, stop showing off. Right. Um, we... <laughs> well, I'm not strong, I'm the front man. No one is talking I'm about you, I'm the front Jim. man for no a very one. strong team. That's what I heard. What? That's what I heard. Um, just in terms of, you know, like I say, you've raised a lot of money today, and you know where where, where you're at in terms, in terms of enterprise value is you know you got a, you got a bit of catching up today, or have you? I, have you been able to rinse through older shareholders from I don't know when, from 2012 through to whatever 2018 or so? Do, do they still sit there? Is there any kind of residue overhang or concern about people wanting to just dump your stock and get get out of it? Um, is there? Yeah, I mean, there's constantly concern about me, you know, people dumping their stock and getting out of it. But I think a lot of them have uh, left. They've been traded out over the last over the last six months. Um, honestly, some of the shareholders I have, I mean, I was talking to one of our shareholders via email this weekend, and this guy's backed us for 12 years, and it's been hard, and he's been relentlessly supportive. And so we've got some really, really good people that have backed us, good, really good friends of mine, um, and I really respect them. And uh, they didn't have to stay shareholders, so we've got great shareholders. And, you know, I think that there's guys that come in and out, and um, and that's a market. You want it. I mean, you get excited when people buy the stock. You have to be supportive when they want to leave, too. I mean, we, that's a job as a public company executive. You've got to have a liquidity that people can buy and sell if they wanted to within a 15 minute period, you want to have the kind of company people can do that. You don't just want to have, you can only buy my stock. Don't ever sell it. Don't ever sell it or I will never forgive you. I mean, what is that? Yeah, we got to make money, right? Shareholders are going to make money too. Um, so I, I, I just want to maybe go, go back a little bit. Sorry, this going longer than perhaps you, you intended or- Well, it certainly isn't five minutes like our last one. 
No, no, and and you kept most of your promises. So that, 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 that it turns out that was probably a good good conversation. But just just on this, there's a couple of things, which, um, questions have been sent in, which I, I want to ask you, which is, and I should have earlier, um, and I didn't mean to brush over it, but the, in terms of the none of it uh, First Nations, um, you've obviously got relations there, and you are talking a good game in terms of the way that you as a company want to and need to behave. Um, and given it's uranium we're talking about, have you advanced conversations there over the past few months with them, or sorry, initiated conversations um, with the First Nation bands up there? Um, well, it's it's a very unique area of the world, and our our partners on the project are the Inuit of the Nunavut Territory, and specifically Nunavut Tungabik Inc., which is um, NTI, we call it. And so the beauty of the territory of Nunavut is that a, it, it was one of the first areas in the world to have a uranium exploration policy, which means they allowed it and they actually reviewed it and accepted it and put a policy together that allowed people to have some rules around uranium exploration, which is quite unique in the world. They just sometimes stay silent on it. They don't know how to evaluate it. Um, the, the, the bulk of our, actually all of our zones that are in our resource and bulk of many of the discoveries that we call the LAC-50 trend is on Inuit-owned land. So we have a very strong partnership with them. They are the owners of the land and other areas of the project are on fed claims. But what we structured, actually not me, Rob Carpenter, when he founded the company, um, he negotiated the deal with NTI that there'd be reciprocity. The deal that we cut with uh, NTI on the Inuit owned land would actually extend onto the Fed claims. So that the, the sort of amount of pie grew, and that was the first of its kind. It was, a, I think, a really genius deal because um, it just it just gave them exposure to something that they typically wouldn't because the federal government would be looking for their hand in, in that area of the um, property. But in, in this case, we, we made the partnership extend to that area as well. So um, they're um, a group of highly educated, super knowledgeable uh, resource practitioners. And um, they're actually, NTI is actually the largest landholder in North America. And um, all of their land holdings are based upon resource potential. So we're dealing with super sophisticated resource administrators, not federal government flunkies. Okay. So, in, and then just like, I guess, in association with this, is you mentioned earlier on in terms of the permits that you're going to need to get in, because it's seasonal, right? You mentioned it's seasonal to spend, to, you know, deploy this 11 million bucks, some of it won't need permits or any kind of form of licensing because it's it's just you know start establishing a, a ground base from which to grow. But with the with the drilling that you're going to need to be doing and um, what what permits are outstanding, how quickly will they come? Will you be able to hit this coming up up and coming season? I believe that we will be able to. All the right conversations are, are happening right now, but it really depends upon what kind of rig we're using and where we'll be drilling it, whether it's on Inuit-owned land or the federal claims, what method we actually decide on in the end to get the the, uh, the rolling stock into the project. Or um, there is actually a, a rig and a half up there right now 
um, at a, an adjacent property. So that's a core rig that we may be deploying as well, but there's some other alternatives. So um, the answer is we don't have all the answers yet. But, but we have, but I mean, we, I mean, typically, um, depending upon the size of the program, that would dictate when we'd go in. The more money we raised in the past, the earlier we'd go in because investors were demanding drill results sooner. Um, but I think, you know, really the, the timing to get anything in would be um, February, March, April to get things into the property with a summer drill program. So we've got some time before we need all those permits. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. And then um, just a final, well, a couple of people sent it in, which is with regards to uranium ETS, very popular. We talked about SPIT amongst others um, as, as a kind of influence in the marketplace, but the, these uranium ETFs um, are making a difference for some companies. What's what's the, what's the uh, entry qualify or qualification to get on, on an ETF for a uranium company in Canada? Uh, I don't actually know. I mean, yeah, I don't. I mean, I think that the the critical ones are the U.S. ones, um, but I, I don't know whether it's a fifty million market cap for a certain amount of time or a hundred million market cap. But we're we're sitting at roughly seventy million Canadian. Um, and that's sort of been a recent thing. So we, we know we'll have to trade there, I think, for a while. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I kind of, for the longest time, told people we weren't going to do expiration on a uranium project. And then I'd be like pissed off and hurt when we weren't included in lists of uranium companies. And I guess, you know, we got what we asked for. But now that we're disclosing news releases again on our uranium activity, I think we'll start to get picked up by those lists and perhaps the ETFs as well. Um, from my knowledge, we haven't actually picked up um, coverage from any of those ETFs. However, I was surprised that some of the investors that have acquired positions, unbeknownst to me, over the last three or four months. So, you know, anything's possible. Okay. Okay, fine. Um, okay. Well, look, Jim, appreciate your time today. Uh, thanks Thanks for running us through that. Um, sounds like we'll have lots more reasons to talk more regularly uh, coming up. Um, so stay in touch, let us know how you get on, okay? Appreciate the time. Thanks, Matt. Great to talk to you again.